Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that will go pretty much anywhere to bring you the most interesting stories in the property world. And today, we're going on a journey from Oxford to Cambridge to explore the UK's up-and-coming innovation corridor. The bit that sits in the middle is Milton Keynes. And you could look at this as, actually, it's as much Milton Keynes' story as it is Oxford-Cambridge story. But then there are other places, Bedford, Northampton all of which contribute towards the overall strategy and all have a role to play if we're going to achieve the targets that have been identified for growth. And we'll be looking at how to turn what's largely a vision at the moment into reality. We know to do something, you know, of moderate scale in one local authority is challenging enough. So actually bringing everybody together, that's the challenging piece. I'm Guy Ruddle, and with me are sort of both ends of that journey and a bit in the middle. Rob Sadler is head of Savile's Cambridge office. Hello, Rob. Good afternoon. Charlie Roten-Lee runs the commercial agency team in the Oxford office at the other end of this corridor. Hello, Charlie. Hello. Good afternoon. And David Jackson is Savile's head of planning. So he sort of sits in the middle. Do You you don't by any chance live in the middle of this corridor that we're about to talk about, do you, David? No, no, I live at one end. I live in Oxford. Oh, OK. So we've got two Oxford and one Cambridge here. So uh, welcome to you all. Uh, we're here to talk about this thing. And you've got a report out called the Oxford Cambridge Innovation Arc one of the greatest opportunities for economic growth in Europe, which is a big, bold statement. So, Rob, what is the Oxford-Cambridge Innovation Arc? Thank you, Guy. Well, the Cambridge-Oxford Innovation Arc is a, um, is a place that the government has identified as a growth area over the next uh, generation, if you like. Um, it's, uh, it's made up of two bookends, as we know, Cambridge and Oxford. Um, and then everything in between. Um, and it's a corridor. Um, there's been much talk and much debate about um, connectivity in terms of joining up Cambridge and Oxford by road and rail. But that is only part of the story. Um, that is, if you like, the physical part of it. Um, what the report demonstrates is the potential growth between these two areas and the cities that are in between and how they can benefit from economic growth. And those cities and towns in between are where, David? Where are we talking about in, in that arc? So the bit that sits in the middle is Milton Keynes. And, and you could look at this as, as, as actually it's as much Milton Keynes' story as it is Oxford-Cambridge story. And Milton Keynes is quite an exciting place, has played an important role since it was first master planned in the 1970s and has grown and grown and grown. Uh, and well served by infrastructure already, uh, quite a dynamic place. Um, and, and as I say, stands on its own two feet within this arc. But then there are other places, um, Bedford, Northampton, all of which contribute towards the overall strategy and all have a role to play if we're going to achieve the targets that have been identified for growth. And the idea is that you you get innovative businesses, Charlie, from your end in Oxford all the way through Bedford, Milton Keynes, uh, etc., to Rob's end in Cambridge. What sort of industries are we talking about? What sort of businesses do we think? Or is it, is it really anything? I, th- I think it's very much specialised um, in the sort of uh, engineering, um, in science, in technology. We're seeing an enormous growth in Oxford at the moment of science and technology. And we're having a great deal of difficulty in employing people in to work in, the, in those businesses and, and those companies. 
So part of the infrastructure that goes in, the the railway, the potential of the road as well, the expressway, is to be able to get workers into these vital cities uh, along the corridor. And I think the other thing we need to bear in mind is a lot of people ask, is there really the demand for people to go from Oxford and to Cambridge? But there are a lot of cities, a lot of towns in between, which people will be travelling between as well. Right. So I, I sort of get the idea that you've got, everywhere's got, you know, the Silicon Valley and there's this, that, and there's Silicon Fen in, in Rob, your part of the world, in, in Cambridgeshire and, and all that sort of stuff. But just playing devil's advocate for a second, just because Oxford's a world-renowned university city and Cambridge is a world-renowned university city and there's Milton Keynes in the middle and a few other places, why on earth should there be a a sort of, you know, a plan, a master plan, if you like, or whatever, for engineering, life sciences, all, all these, between those two cities. They're just two cities. Why, why the link? So, so in actual fact, it's worth looking back at some of the history of this concept emerging. And, and actually, it goes back, and it isn't new. It's going, gone back a number of years. Over a decade, this has been talked about. Because what we've got is we've, we've, we've got this tremendous growth in jobs, uh, as Charlie has explained. And it's how we plan that effectively so we can sustain that growth. Some of the difficulties are that we're seeing the infrastructure creak a little bit. And the danger is that that starts to threaten what is really an exciting opportunity. Uh, And Charlie talked about the jobs imbalance, the fact that people are having to commute in and they can't find homes near to where the job opportunities are. And it's, it's about talking about my profession, the planning piece, making sure that what's happening in economic terms can be balanced with the right number of homes, the right supporting infrastructure, and to look at that across the piece to make sure that we sustain what is a very exciting opportunity for for, for, for the UK. I, th- I think to add to that as well, of course, we've already seen the first stage of the rail link go in from the Chiltern line into Oxford, and already that is opening up enormous opportunities for for people who live to the north of Oxford in cheaper residential areas to come closer into into Oxford to work. Can we have a have a little chat about what the potential is here? Because this is I, I think this is one of the one of the key things. If it if it's done right, Rob, you know, what's the potential in terms of employment and housing and, and uh, economic benefit and all that sort of stuff? The 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 first potential and you have to think about um, why we are looking at this area in the way we are doing. And we look at Cambridge and Oxford, and both of those cities are underpinned by world-class universities. Um, Both are in the the top rankings. I think both are never dropped below um, number three. And therefore, what we need to do first, and this is part of the process and part of the research that we've looked at, is look at the universities that fall between the two cities. And it is vital that these universities are getting together and creating what will become a world-class leading educational facility because that underpins everything Um, because what we can't do is build buildings if you can't fill the buildings with the right potential. Sure when you say a world-class educational facility do you mean Oxford and Cambridge and stuff in between the the whole thing is an educational facility or or a new educational facility? It will be about identifying those that are in between and giving them the capital 
and the experience to really elevate where they stand at the moment. Um, universities such as Cranfield, Northampton, which have invested heavily in recent years in terms of infrastructure and providing better quality courses, those are the ones where we have to start with first. And isn't there a, uh, isn't there a tech university opening up in Milton Keynes? Milton Keynes. Indeed, dot, Indeed yeah. which is part of the Cranfield uh, stable because it's a generation play. This is something that's going to happen over the next 30, 40 years. Um, it is going to take that long. Mm. I, I, I was just going to add, I think that the, the, the really exciting thing about Milton Keynes and the University in Milton Keynes opening in 2023 is that they're going to have approximately 5,000 students who are specialising in life science, in science and in technology right in the centre of this corridor. And so you know, given all of that, the, 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 I, I, I'm going to come out with this figure that's in your, in your report that uh, the potential is for a million new jobs. Is that right? A million new jobs in that corridor by 2050, I think it is. Is that right? That's correct. That's yeah. correct. You all know the figure. Yeah. Yeah. Over, yeah. over the next yeah. 30 years, that's the, that's the generational uh, objective that, yeah. that, that Rob was referring to. So... We have touched on it already, but it's all very well talking about this sort of stuff, but you actually got to make it happen. And a lot of that is infrastructure. Can we just, I mean, obviously we're going to talk about roads and rail and all that sort of stuff and, and everything and, and all that. The number of houses you would need for this to work, if you have a million new jobs, you need well, a million new homes. A million, a million new homes. And ju- just to help with the, the arithmetic of that, and it's, it's in our research, so it's, it's, it's a useful reference point perhaps, we think that there's already allocated or emerging as allocations something like 320,000 homes. So we've got to find land for another 680,000 to hit the target. So that's that's these are these are big these are big numbers these are big numbers. Um, Sort of laughing. I mean, it seems infeasible to be able to do that. We 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 think it's achievable. Look, look, it's um, aspirational. Yeah, you know, it it, it, this requires. We can talk about this bit. You know, what it's going to require to get there. But let's just do the numbers first. It's 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 something like twenty three thousand hectares. And that's to meet the residential requirement if we, if we assume typical um, development densities and, and maybe we're looking at more dense development. Um, so, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's a big challenge, but we think it's achievable um, and, and it's the right aspiration to have because you can see what the potential is in terms of the economic development and the jobs that are going to be generated. And it's about balancing that with homes for people to create a sustainable environment where people can choose to live close to where they work. And so, and, and so hopefully not overburden infrastructure by having to travel long distances, which is probably what's happening at the moment. Well, so that's the next thing, isn't it? The travel, because, you know, you, you put an extra million people in there. I mean, I'm being a bit glib, but you put an extra million people in there. They've all got to get around. How easy is it currently to move from what either end of this arc to the other? Well, this is where we move from the arc to the triangle. Oh, my word. And, uh, yeah. Oh, my giddy arm. We've got a triangle <laughs> We now. have a triangle. Um, and the triangle has been talked about uh, quite a bit in the past in terms of Cambridge, Oxford, London. In terms of connectivity, if you want to get to uh, between Cambridge and Oxford by train, you've got to go via London. And in terms of the tech hubs, Cambridge, Oxford and London are, 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 the, are the three hubs. And what this does is just trying to bridge the gap between the direct access between Cambridge and Oxford. 
But we talked about sustainability. Um, and the other thing that we haven't raised yet is affordability. Because part of the um, benefits of the ARC in terms of bringing forward sustainable growth um, and accommodation is to ease the pressure off Cambridge and Oxford. And if you've got the right infrastructure in place and the right rail link between the two, um, you can then decide to live between and actually commute out and get to each location within 30 minutes. And you can already see the effectiveness of rail when, when you look at the relationship that's already been created between Oxford and Bicester, which is partway along, along, along the arc. That rail link already exists, and it's existed for the last three to four years. That's right. And you can already see the beneficial effect that it's having on the economy of Bicester. And we want to spread that. The next section is to get to Milton Keynes. And, 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 and that's, quite, that's when it gets quite exciting because the relationship between Oxford and Milton Keynes and the growth that they can both generate, that's exciting. And the railway um, is operational all the way up to um, uh, Bedford. So that section's already in place. You've then got to get from Bedford to Cambridge, and that's where the challenge is because there isn't, there isn't an existing route to accommodate that. So that's where the concentration is now, how we get from Bedford to Cambridge. What about road? Because there's this Oxford-Cambridge expressway, which is in the planning stage. Well, this is sort of the very beginning of the planning stage. Does, that, does it matter, <coughs> uh, a, a, bit, a good road link? Well, like the, like the rail... The, it, it's the other way around for, for the road. So the rail at the moment already goes from Oxford to Bicester and the route is in place to get it as far as Bedford. With the road, it's the other way around. It's probably already in existence for the greater part right from Cambridge to Milton Keynes. The challenging bit is how you get from Milton Keynes, specifically Junction 13 of the M1, through to Oxford. That's the, that's, the, that's the challenging bit. There, there isn't really anything there other than the A421, which we all rely upon when we do this journey, and it's very tedious. There needs to be something else. Let me summarise where we've got to, I think, in this, because we're saying that um, you've, for this to work, with, one, we want it to work, because it's going to create lots of jobs, and it's not necessarily about moving people uh, uh, all the way along this corridor, but creating new areas of innovation and excellence and employment and, and everything. Mm. Uh, we've got the infrastructure. Uh, you need the universities. You need the railway line. You need to build a million homes. Good luck with that. Uh, is there anything else? I mean, there's, are, are there any other big things that need to happen to make this happen? Well, I th- I, yes, I think I, th- I think there probably are. You know, it's, it's estimated that you need approximately sixty-nine square feet of warehousing per household. So, if one's looking at a million houses, simple math d- determines that you're going That's to need sixty-nine million, 69 yeah. million square feet of warehousing as well. I think that you're you're asking a really interesting question because the danger is we talk about we we talk about the component parts of all of this a road a railway houses big numbers uh, or, or, or or logistics actually at the heart of this it's about building communities it's about seeing it as all the things that people need to have a sustainable way of living that's jobs homes schools uh, shops leisure facilities it, 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 it's very it, it, we it, it's we're in danger of breaking it down and sure. it's into its yeah. component parts actually it, it's it's it, it needs all of these bits to come together uh, and and that's why it, you know it it is it is a challenge and one of the biggest challenges that we've got here is bringing the stakeholders together 
We've already talked about two universities in terms of bookends, Cambridge and Oxford, and there's another 10 in between. Then you've got the local authorities, uh, and there's half a dozen local authorities in between. Now, it, it, Sorry, you're going to come in there. 26 local authorities 20, in total that we're trying to 26 coordinate across this corridor. Now, we know to do something you know, of moderate scale in one local authority is challenging enough. So actually bringing everybody together, um, that's, that's the challenging piece. Time now for your penance uh, for being here, which is you have to come out with a Savile standout statistic. And I know you've all been warned about this. So it doesn't have to be long. It can be very short and <clears throat> can be relate to almost anything. Uh, but just something that makes people go, ooh, didn't know that. Uh, who wants to go first? Charlie, should we start with you and work around the table? Yes, absolutely. So uh, my, my statistic is really based on demand and letting for science and technology in the Oxford office. What we found in 2017 was that 83% of all lettings in our marketplace were science and technology. That's a big percentage, but it's emphasised by 2016 being only 8%. 2018, we saw the same level over 80%. 2019, we will see the same. David? So what we haven't talked about, and which a lot of people will rightly have as a concern, is the environment. At the moment, across the arc, about 9% of the space in the arc is urban. To achieve the type of numbers that we're talking about, that that 9% probably needs to go up to about 12%. One of the likely pieces of legislation that a new government will bring in is an environment bill, and they will embed within that, Michael Gove's talked about this, about net environmental gain. So anything we do in the future in terms of development, we've got to offset environmental impact with green habitat enhancement. So that loss of 3% needs to be compensated for with additional land dedicated to the environment. And in the not-too-distant future, we will be doing a podcast on that very subject. Which I think is fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Well, I hope we make it fascinating when we do it. Good luck. Rob, (laughs) thank you. Rob, what's your Savile standout statistic? Um, There's been quite a bit of talk today about Milton Keynes, and certainly Milton Keynes is really there to benefit from, um, from the ARC. We launched our research a couple of weeks ago, and we launched it at an event that we held at the the Red Bull uh, team racing headquarters. And uh, my important fact of the day was that uh, we were told that a third of the weight for the body of a Formula One car is paint. No. (laughs) Really? Yes. A third of the weight of the the chassis bit is paint. Oh, my God. See, I know that's not strictly a property or anything, but I that's see, that's a good Savile standout statistic. Gentlemen, thank you very much for that. Thank you for making what's a huge subject, I think, sort of understandable. Well, at least I, I hope we've made it understandable. I think we have. It's been great to have you here. Uh, those of you who are returners and, and Charlie, you for the first time. Hopefully we'll see you all again soon. That's it for this episode of Real Estate Insights. If you want more information, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if you did, the report, the Oxford-Cambridge Innovation Arc. Is that the right way around? Oxford-Cambridge or Cambridge-Oxford? Does it matter? Cambridge should always come first. Oxford better. <laughs> There we go. We managed to avoid it until now. The Oxford and Cambridge, Cambridge and Oxford Innovation Arc Report. You can find it on the Savills website in the research section, savills.co.uk forward slash research. 
If you aren't a subscriber and would like to become one, then you'll just be able to get all future episodes, including the one about biodiversity gain, which is we were talking about a second ago, um, automatically to whatever device you listen to this stuff on. Uh, then feel free to become a subscriber. You, you can do so using your usual podcast provider. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening and see you next time. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. Savills accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect or consequential loss arising from the use of, reference to or reliance on this podcast or its content. Savills makes no warranty as to the accuracy of the information in this podcast. This podcast and all copyright in this podcast is the property of Savills and it shall not be used, reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without Savills' prior written consent.